0: Year three at Baylor is coming. My friend Nikki Collin is here to talk all about it. Locked on women's basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hi everybody, and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard McDowell. I want to thank you for making us your first listen every day. You guys keep showing up over a hundred thousand listeners last month, the month before that, the month before that. We keep on growing and we really appreciate showing up for us the way we show up for you six days a week. Of course, it is not just me, it is the incredible team over at the Next, at the next where we had over 1.3 million readers last month alone. Uh, Just a beautiful thing to see that we've built this place for women's basketball. And you guys keep coming here. Make sure you support it. $9 a month, $72 a year. It keeps the lights on. It sends my writers all over the place covering this great game. And somebody who we have covered at numerous levels, at the (laughs) NBA level, at the collegiate level, now in her third year, coaching at Baylor, the great Nikki Collin. Nikki, it's delightful to see you. I can't tell you how often I hear from different folks around the game about your impact. We'll obviously talk about this current Baylor team, but just covering the New York Liberty with Benajah Laney, who talks about the way in which you transformed her career. Someone who's been coaching this long, you know, how much does that pleasure just – drive you every day with the work that you do
1: oh you know I mean it's kind of amazing watching uh, the the Liberty Sun series I, I really didn't want it to end like I just and I didn't even know how to pull Benijah hasn't been um, in this situation to go to the finals and and to see her impact that series the way she did I think um, you know I'm not uh always paying attention to who's on the cover of this or who's on the cover of that. I just know having coach Benaja, you want a Benaja on your team. You want someone who's going to play both sides of the ball. Um, who's going to defend, who's going to make the right play. Um, you know, she, she can be aggressive offensively, but she'll make the right pass. So seeing her out there, seeing Alyssa Thomas, who I, I got the luxury of coaching for a couple years and, and really just um, it just was a fun series to watch um, for me. So I love seeing the progress of the game. Um, people really paying attention to this game. I know um, coaching in the W where we, we were always trying to find media media outlets to care about us, you know, mm-hmm. like because when you're in that space, you know, you're coaching the best basketball in the world on the women's side um, and, and you pour your heart and soul into it and you want people to care. You want people to pay attention and, and really care about it the way um, that you do. And so. I think the college game has always gotten a little bit more of that, but I think we're seeing that across the women's game in general. And and I think we're going to see that as some of, the, some of these college stars move on to the W, I think. And with expansion, right, and all the things going on, like mm-hmm. I think all of that is amazing for the growth of women's basketball. So I've always said I fell in love with the game um, when I was a, a fifth grader and where that little orange ball has taken me, the people it's allowed me to meet, um, traveling to Italy and Greece this summer with my team. Like, it just – it's so amazing that so much of who I am is tied to that ball um, in some way. So, yeah, I mean, it's – I love this game. I love it, you know, at, at kind of every layer of the game, the relationships, the X's and O's. Um, you know, I know that EuroLeague starts today, you know. So, it's – I'm, I'm a nerd. Like, I'm a basketball nerd who, who loves to talk about the game, watch the game, um, coach the game. And I'd still play the game if I could.
0: <laughs> what do you, you ever get involved playing it on the practice side of things? You guys were down some significant numbers with all the injuries you had last year. Did you? Yeah,
1: no, I'm look. I'm smart enough to know like a game of horse. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, or maybe uh run to the corner and take a three, but, but I'm not really at the point. I'm really good um, mm-hmm. in drill work, you know, coming off the ball screen and hitting rollers and, and doing that kind of stuff. But uh no, I'm, I'm actually about to get surgery under my plantar fascist tendon. So I got to, you know, um, I, I'm not very good at slowing down, but I also I, I definitely have hit the point where I'm, I'm smart enough to know, like, I'm one dumb thing away from like an Achilles tear. So, you know, like I, I have to, you know, I'll, I'll shoot against you, you know, like I don't I don't think there's anyone that can beat me in like a three point shootout. But um yeah, I don't want to play any defense.
0: The, the Sabrina Inescu of horse is what. Okay,
1: yes, fair. Yeah, no, I, I feel good about her beating me after watching that that three point shootout. I, I'm pretty confident I would lose that matchup.
0: It, it, it'd be one I'd pay to watch. I'll put it out. Yes. That, <laughs> well,
1: that, that is one of the most amazing things I really have watched in women's basketball, like, effortless.
0: It, it is it is amazing and and what's amazing even more so is how often she's doing it in game conditions you know I mean I, she may have had I mean this is parenthetical but just the, the best volume shooting year anyone's had in the history of the WNBA what she just did
1: the 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 depth the limited space you know I mean teams are trying to run her off the line so her ability to you know and really transform herself you know from a ball dominant player, a year ago to really playing with stewie and playing with um courtney Vandersloot, who's you know a, a true point guard like she's um i'm not saying that that's what she wanted it's obviously been successful but she's made it look really really easy and so um a credit to that team in general there they are really really fun to watch
0: no doubt it it there are number one overall picks who wouldn't have been willing to buy into that kind of team concept and change and roll the way Sabrina and Esther did. So it's fascinating to see it, but also fascinating and something that uh, I am compelled by is the idea that your team as designed is now starting to come together. And, you know, for those who don't know, let's just kind of take everybody through the history very briefly, you know, last year, an NCAA tournament team, but a challenging season in just about any way you can define it. Uh, you know, again, 20 wins, trip to the NCAA. So the second round, you know, we're having to go two stores uh, coming off the year before and a team in year one. Year one there where you went 28 and seven, a two seed overall, lost to a South Dakota team that quite frankly was criminally underseated I mean we're seeing you know the mastermind of that team is in Minnesota now and uh, we had dawn on the program a couple of weeks ago but just thinking about that year and all that you accomplished you did it without Trina Edwards who we've been on the podcast I've been clear about this should have played. Mm-hmm. Should have been able to play. And, and that's sort of the easiest way to put it. Asha Blackwell navigating injury all year and trying to figure out. But everyone was banged up. Sarah Andrews, who is the maestro of this team, was banged up. As you look at this team coming in, and we'll get into some of the newcomers as well. But, you know, how much, how much more depth do you just... Feel like you have coming into this season for yourself.
1: Yeah, I think the beauty of last year, as challenging as it was, and as much as we had to literally throw um, Fauntleroy and, and Little Page Bugs into the fire, um, and, and I'm not saying they didn't want it. You know, every every freshman wants to play. Um, and but having to play against Maddie Segrist and Ashley Jones and Maddie Williams um, WNBA draft picks, um, year, night in and night out at that position, um, as freshmen to, to be out there late in games. Cause Kate, uh, Caitlin Bickle had a tendency to get in foul trouble and foul out for the two of them to be in late in games against Michigan. And, you know, all, all these moments, Iowa state where, um, they ha- couldn't play like freshmen. And, and I think, um I'm super proud of last year's team. I mean certainly we we thought um it might look different as the season went along um but when the when the season ended I had very few regrets in terms of how we managed that team and what I thought we got out of them considering you know everything that happened and the excitement of how well those freshmen performed mm-hmm. and what that would mean going into year two when naturally freshmen, you know, some coaches will say the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores right. um, because they, they, they understand not just the, the basketball side of things, but how to live away from home, how to um, manage a, a a collegiate academic load, how to, you know, I mean, it, it just, it's a new space for all of them and so they they go into year two and they they've played and they have confidence and they feel like they understand the reads when to pick and pop and when to slip and you know kind of all those things that seem simple but they're not when you're freshman and you're put into a new system and so you know bringing back you know Dre and, and Asia Um, you know Sarah hasn't been healthy since probably February and so trying to get her back um, you know like I, I think um, our ability to have some depth to play um, what I like to say, like we can play Golden State Warrior small ball with with Dre at the five where she can shoot it. I can invert or I can flare. I can do Stewie type things mm-hmm. um, and get her into space, um, but also be be big with our, our six, seven freshman, Letty, our sophomore Kyla. Um you know, and we could play three small guards. We can, you know, we're probably never going to be big at the point. I don't really have a point guard option um, that you would say is a big point guard, Um, but we can be big at the two, three, four, and five, or we can be six foot at the two, three, four, and five. So the ability to have packages for players in certain situations to try to take advantages of defenses, to be able to switch um, at the defensive end. Like, I think we can do some of the things I thought we were going to be able to do that we really had to scrap. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just did. Like you know, you go in with this idea of of what you want to do and and the delay actions and the flow actions and and what we can do with bigs that can handle and pass on the perimeter. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, i can't I can't do that now. And so I think we navigated that last year, but I think it's made us all the better going into this year.
0: It's going to be fascinating. I want to get into the gritty details of, how those parts come together. We're going to do that more in segment two, but first locked on women's basketball is brought to you by FanDuel. Now FanDuel has got an offer, but I need to caution you. You may not want to use it for my New York giants. Okay. They have new customers, an opportunity to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. And again, as it pains me to say it as a Giants fan, there are other teams that you might want to use this on instead. 150 bucks if your team wins. I mean, just Daniel Jones is coming back. But even so, you know, let's be smart about this. So if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. It's easy to use. The app has spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit fanduel.com slash To kick off the NFL season. That's fanduel.com slash L O C K E D O N. Fanduel.com, official sports betting partner of the NFL. So, back with Nikki Collin and talking about, I, I, I don't want to jump off of those freshmen, now sophomores, before we highlight a little of what they did under those conditions. And you said it really nicely in terms of how they were kind of thrown in and maybe a little bit ahead of time. What I keep coming back to is how efficient they were when they did it. So if you go by points per possession last year on that team, Kalen Bickle is your top performer at .94. Belafonte Leroy is right there at .93. And Dariana littlepage bugs .92. So you had... Right away, some players as freshmen who were almost point per possession, <clears throat> which to me mm-hmm. is a remarkable thing before you get into the fact that you had to kind of mix and match their roles all season. Uh, what was it you think that allowed them to be as efficient offensively right away as they were?
1: Yeah, I think uh, obviously with, with the two of them, they're very different. Um, they They play similar positions, but their strengths are very different. I think Bella's, um, you know, for her, it was more driven by the volume of threes, um, you know, a- allows your point your point per shot to go up. Um, and I think she made them. You know, when we ran actions for her, um, she started slow, um, but really picked up steam from the arc as the season went along. Um, you know, we started the season playing her all Um, September, October at the three. And by the end of the year, she was guarding nothing but fives, Um, Mm. you know, and single-handedly played a huge role in our comeback against Alabama in terms of shot making and key rebounds. And so, um, you know, I, I think she has the ability to go back and play the three and and really get to mismatches in the post at the three Um, Asia was really more comfortable at the four. We determined kind of in the, in the fall, Um, and so, you know, that was kind of the the idea behind that. Then all of a sudden Caitlin got hurt and we we were just shifting like nonstop um last fall with them. I think with Bugs, she knows um her spots on the floor. Mm -hmm. She just, you know, and I think what we did well um to give our staff credit is we got her in space where she could be successful. Um she's she's not gonna win the strength award. Um You know, but it's so we didn't put her in a lot of, hey, we're going to post her up, you know, but getting her in slips and on the move and and picking and rolling like she got most of her shots inside of five feet. You know, she was really efficient inside of five feet, um, you know, where where her growth comes. And and I think where we can get her to a point per shot is as is she only shot 25 percent outside five feet. So all of a sudden you drive that up to 40 percent, you're she's going to be over a point per shot because she her pivot foot in the around the rim is really, really good and has gotten better. We spent a lot of offseason working on both those guys um, traveled a lot on catches. Like if they, if they caught it on the lane line, wanted to rip and drive it um, they got called for travels quite a bit. And oftentimes they traveled and they didn't get it called, you know, it was one of those, you know, like, Hey, why, why was it good this time? And it wasn't, it was like, cause they didn't blow the whistle, you know, but ultimately they could have. So you know, can we do a good job of always catching it, ready to shoot it, you know, with good balance and, and really work on that footwork? And so, you know, I think that's something even when we were overseas, Bugs had 30 and 20 in our first game over there. And it was it was the most wild, physical, um, kind of out of control game um, as any coach I've or as any game I've ever coached in. Uh, but she was good because she doesn't fight power with power, you know. Yeah. Um, Bella and Asia, like are heat seeking missiles, like trying to put a body on a body bugs is like, all right, if you're going to be that physical with me, I'm going to spin off you. I'm going to step around you. I'm going to like, she made it look easy. Um, just because she don't want to play that way, you know? And, and so she, she uses her length and her, her footwork to play off and around people, um, as opposed to through them. And so she may not get to the line a ton, but she's going to get to the line because she's going to get on the offensive class. She's going to take it up, you know, so, so I, and I think her growth is going to come, you know, as she gets better off the bounce in that mid range game. And then we're, you know, I'm telling her to fire it from three, you know, this, this fall and we've got to see, like um, I don't expect her to shoot 40%, but if I can get her to 30%, I'll feel really, really good about, her making a key shot in a key moment. Cause that's kind of how Liz was for us. Like it wasn't like suddenly she was a great three point shooter just because I let her shoot. It was, Hey, if you're not going to guard her, she has to be confident enough to step up and make it in a key Mm -hmm. moment. That could be the difference between winning and losing a big game.
0: And also obviously puts the subsequent possessions in a place where they've got to respect it, where it's got to change the gravity on the floor. I, I The other thing you talked about with her is that, you say that she's not banging necessarily as much her defensive rebounder percentage was still north of 26. I mean, you, you know, and that oh, she
1: goes, she is going to go and she could be, I mean, she was almost a double double and, and, right. you know, and it was amazing how many balls she got her hands on and wasn't able to pull, you know? Yeah. So it comes from core strength, strength in general, as, you know, um, as she generally gets stronger and more confident, but so much of that is, She's in unbelievable shape. I mean, she's just one of those players that doesn't look tired even when she is. And so, you know, when somebody else is tired, she's got a huge advantage because she is going to go to the glass on every possession. And, you know, you, you have to as a coach. People have different philosophies. I'm not a big believer in, like, you have to rebound one certain way. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if you have Rebecca Brunson, you're like, you don't need a box out. Just go get the ball. You know, like it's learning. Like who needs to hit and hold? Caitlin Bickle needed to hit and hold. You know, mm-hmm. um, but Bugs is like just go get it. Be quick to the ball. Like I don't want you trying to search and hold somebody off who's stronger than you when you can just use your quickness and length to go get it. And so it's really, um, you know, I'm just I'm just not a b- big believer in like one size fits all. And you you have to figure out what works with your team and what what works individually and and players just have to understand you're not giving one person a pass, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's not, Oh, she doesn't have to box out, but I do. Um, Well, you, you all are going to have different constraints and things that, you know, you have uh, more of a leash in certain areas than others. And the whole point is we're trying to put you in a position where you're going to individually be successful and therefore we're collectively going to be successful and win. And so we don't do it just for fun. You know, we, we, we try to figure out strengths and weaknesses and, and maximize strengths and minimize weaknesses and and be really, really good and have them understand why we do what we do. And they don't always, you know, but, but you try. I think that's a big part of being great. Um, The great ones know why. Um, At least, at least eventually, you know, they may not start that way, but they get that way.
0: No doubt about it. So you have something and we'll finish on Dre and Dre being back in a moment, but you have something that a lot of coaches don't have, which is a six foot seven freshman, mm-hmm. uh, Leti Letty I'm wondering number one, how much of a luxury that feels like for you. I mean, look, even getting six, seven players in the WNBA is mm-hmm. not an easy thing to do. Uh, I think you had Imani, uh, I think one yeah. year in Atlanta, but it, it, it's a relative rarity. So, here at the collegiate level you know what do you what do you see at letty early on and you know how big a role can she play for you
1: i think i think the role is going to depend on her fitness level you know Mm -hmm. and in all honesty like i think she's someone um even even in the little bit you know we played overseas you know i i challenged her i'm like you made the most impact both positively and negatively when you were in the game Mm -hmm. when you were fresh you like She scores around the rim. She can use either hand. She catches the ball. um, And she's super smart. And you don't usually say that um, sometimes about freshmen, especially freshmen post players. But, you know, sometimes it almost looks like she's being a little lazy. But it's it's like she's just smart, you know. Like she's going to play naturally, want to play drop coverage, you know. Like she's going to. But she tracks the ball really, really well. Um, and, and, you know, so pick and roll defense, um, oftentimes big kids really, really struggle in it. She Mm -hmm. understands angles. She, she keeps people in front of her. Like, you know, I, we're, we're probably not going to trap with her. We're probably not going to hard hedge with her. Um, but we're going to play to her strengths when she's in. Um, and, and she really excels. I mean, the advantage of an international kid is that she's grown up in a system where, um, she's played in pick and rolls, you know, like it hasn't always been like, hey, you're really tall, go down, go down to the block and we're going to play for around one, you know. So she's um, she will go down and bang, but it's still not it's still not what she wants to spend her time doing. So uh, but she gives us a great target uh, to roll to the rim and, and to be a rim protector. And so um, when, when she's playing hard and she's fresh, she really, really impacts us, you know, um, but she's, she's that typical when she gets tired, it's like, you can't get her out fast enough. Cause once she's done, she's done, you know? And so really getting her in that mode of, okay, you can't be done. You know, you have to give me, I'm going to get you a sub, but you got to go one more possession and one possession will turn into two and two will turn into three. Um, but just even in her conditioning and, in down and backs and things like that, she's come a long way. And so she has a chance to be really, really good, really good.
0: It it is fascinating to me. And I do want to finish with Drayuna Edwards because of everything that happened and just what it feels like. But I would be remiss not to talk about, um, you know, I'm just going to call you on it. This is, you know, a real cupcake schedule. You're not playing anyone challenging. Early on, you know, Utah, Harvard, Oregon, Miami, you got neutral set against Providence and Jose Fernandez, South Florida, all before conference play. I guess two parts to it. One is, do you just like stress? And two, how much do you intend to learn about your team before you even open in conference play against, you know, Texas?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of if if I'm if I'm being like really really honest, it's kind of funny because the the Utah game was supposed to be a part of the preseason nit, which kind of fell apart, right? And so we were supposed to get two um, kind of more buying games leading up to Utah, right? Um, and instead we're playing Providence and South Florida. Um, mm. So um, <laughs> we we maybe didn't go in to have it be quite that challenging, um, right. but I but I think. Um, it's a it's a really cool opportunity. I think the thing about the Big 12 that I've said from the beginning is that we have a a league that has a lot of differing styles of play. Um, I think we're very different from the SEC that way, you know. And I certainly scouted them all when I was in the pros, and there were pros and cons with every league in terms of what you saw as a scout. Uh, but the Big 12, Iowa State done play like Texas, and you know, you just um, Brandon runs great stuff at Kansas and. Um, Ioka Lee's back at Kansas State. And so you're gonna face, you know, um, someone that can go get 50 on you. Um, and so because of that, you know, it's it was a unique ability to play different styles. And 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 I appreciate that you appreciate that the Harvards and the SMUs, like those are really good teams. And I I think people don't don't always understand that. You know, we can all look at UConn's schedule and go, whoa, like. Their mm-hmm. non-conference schedule is is kind of who's who um, in women's college basketball, um, but I think six of our eleven are in the top hundred, um, and so because of that, you know, it's it's not like you get to show up and just hey, let's 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 try this tonight and let's try this tonight. No, we're gonna have to show up and compete, and I think if if our players um, told us when we did military training, uh, we brought the Marines in and. Um, one of the things they said their goal was, is to have final four standards, you know, in everything they do. And it's like, well, if, if you're going to have final four standards, you got to compete, you know, night in and night out. And, and you got to want to understand that, you know, an in-state rivalry like SMU, like if you don't show up and are on your game, they will beat you, you know, as they, they did with, with, USF last year, you know, and so I, I think you just it, we're going to have different styles. You know, we, we, I have a ton of respect. I watched Jose up close last year in the Gulf Coast showcase, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and they're going to run 75 different plays and they're all going to take 20 seconds to develop. And at any point, if you, if you fall, <laughs> you know, or, or run into a screen, someone's going to get an open three. And so he does such a, a good job. So, um, I'm excited to see what it does. I mean, Utah is it was an air ball free throw away from maybe the Final Four a season nice. ago, and they have everybody back plus you know good players coming in from the portal. So um, that one is you know the, the the multitude of ways that they can beat you, mm-hmm. um, whether it's inside with Peely or from the arc, um, and they get you in rotations and then can make you look foolish. So you know like it's 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 going to be a challenge. Um, but I do think we were rewarded a year ago um, playing a, a, a difficult schedule, even if it was just one line. You know, people had us in the 8-9 game and we were, we were a 7. And I think it was the nature of what our road wins were, but the schedule we played. And so we're, we're just not going to be afraid to to play a tough schedule um, because we do want to be prepared when, when the season ends.
0: To me, if you're making a list of favorites to win the national championship, Utah's got to be on that list flat out. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody played LSU t- tougher in the NCAA tournament last year and right, had, had things gone different for Jenna Johnson, who was a terrific free throw shooter. We had, we had Lynn Roberts on the prog- uh, on the program just recently uh, talking about it. And it's just that, that team is epic, but even SMU, like you said, that was a dog fight for you guys last year down.
1: Yeah, it sure was.
0: <laughs> so SMU really quality team and Harvard, the top half of the Ivy league, I mean, this would be a whole other show. Top half of the Ivy League, oh. right there with the power conferences. Yeah. So that yeah, was- Columbia
1: was amazing. Obviously, they had some kids that mm-hmm. had to move on, but um, watching them even against Kansas in the NIT championship, mm-hmm. like phenomenal game, phenomenal environment. That's what's special, those kind of games. People don't realize how good Kansas is yes. and, and what these, this COVID year means. You know, they've got three kids, in and they're going to be in their starting lineup that are COVID seniors. Mm-hmm. And, and so – Um, continuity matters. And, and, you know, when you're coming off a win and you've built up the, what the NIT can do with home crowds and building towards the next season, we saw what it did in Arizona a few years ago. Like, it's just, um, it, it it goes back to what we started about talking about women's basketball and the growth. Like when people come see it and whether it's because they came to Kansas because it was being promoted and it was the NIT championship or the semifinals, it's like, once you're there and you see it, you want to come back, you know, and it's the environment that everyone's trying to create and should be created. Um, you know, in our league, we, we, we're always going to be talking about how our, the big 12 men's um, league is the best league in the country. And it's been the top net league since 2014. And, you know, they have all these narratives that we hear all the time. Um, our, our league was pretty dang good last year and it's going to be really good this year. And even when we lose Oklahoma and Texas, when we start, when we bring in Arizona and Utah and Arizona state's going to rebound, you know, and Colorado got over the hump. So you're, you're adding four more teams that three of the four were NCAA tournament teams this year. I mean, there's probably never been more energy around the university of Colorado, like ever beyond mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and being in the national spotlight and Boulder's yeah. always been an amazing place. And so you know, I just, I think it's an exciting time for our league. And, and, you know, I just know that two years ago, um, a little before this, but when we first uh, heard that Texas and OU, I mean, I had been hired and a month later, OU and Texas announced they're going to the SEC. And and I'm having Zooms with Scott Drew and Dave Aranda and Mac Rhodes about okay, are we keeping the big 12 together? Like, you know, would you guys prefer to be in the ACC or the PAC 12 if we have to lean one way? And so to, to be where we're at now, as much as, as a traditionalist, we would love to have maybe what we had 30 years ago. We also know like you got to survive and thrive. And so I think um, Brett, the commissioner of of the big 12 and, and the leadership have put the big 12 in an amazing position to, to have a sustainable model and be successful. So, you know, it's crazy to think that the PAC 12 is basically dissolving at the end of this year,
0: 108 years of tradition. But like you said, you know, the, the big 12 is a clear winner here and it's hard not to look at it. And you and I, we look at it through a women's basketball lens, even though ultimately the decisions are not made for that reason, unfortunately, but it's, it's a big win. For women's basketball, when you look at the net and you look at, you know, bringing in Adia Barnes and, you know, bringing in Utah. I mean, that that alone is just a huge thing. But like you said, there's a real opportunity for the Big 12 to be a power for many years to come because of the way this all shook out. And I know, you know, some pretty vaunted programs are going to have to figure out things that you're not going to have to figure out. Tara is going to have to figure out. (laughs) <laughs> I moved made out of visitor here, which is very nice. Um, but it, it's it, it's just it, it's fascinating to see and I, I can't wait for it. I can't. Yeah. Um, but before we go and and we're we're a little beyond time, but I, I would be remiss not to talk about this. genuine Edwards, who, like I said, I've reported on it, we've talked about it on the program, was not given a release to be able to play, um could have been given a release was Kentucky wasn't obligated. But she was in limbo now last year because of it. Now you got her back. Take me through, first of all, just has it been emotional? What has it been like having her there? And then what her impact is on the floor? to we know she is a shot maker. We know she yeah. is a legit star.
1: Yeah, I think last year was a, like a, a mental and emotional challenge for her. I think we, hey, we. there was no question that we went into the process knowing that the worst case scenario was you sit a year to play a year. So mm-hmm. um, that's what happened, you know, and you have to prepare for worst case scenario in that situation. And I'm, I'm really proud of how she handled herself. You know, she's gotten her degree, she's working on her master's in social work. Um, so a lot of really positive things, you know, have, have come out of it. Um, growth opportunities. I think kind of that whole idea that she knows this is her one chance Um, and so how you approach, um, the situation when, you know, this really is, um, last chance you, or, you know, like this, you're, you're trying to meet, meet your goals, uh, now, but I, but I think, um, it was obviously disappointing. Like, I just don't, I know, and I guess it's because of how much I love basketball. Um, these women have a finite amount of time to play the game. It just their body at some point is going to say you can't play anymore um, or you're not good enough to play anymore or you need to play on the rec league or it's time to play pickleball like the rest of us are doing, <laughs> um, you know, but it's like it hurts me to think that we don't give people the opportunity to um, play the game, you know, and, and, and I just I don't think I could ever do that, you know, and, and I know um, that uh, for her it was just hard to have someone say, you know, you need to sit out. Like, I don't want to help you, you know, and, and, um, because I think in her eyes, even if she had not been a perfect, um, teammate, not been a perfect, um, student athlete there, um, that she had done some really, really good things. Um, and it helped that team to a championship. And so, um, You know, I just, I think we get a motivated Dre Edwards. I mean, I think that's the good part for me and for Baylor and and her teammates is, is they're going to get a really, really focused, um, you know, really motivated teammate who has the ability to do a lot of the things that um, are going to make us hard to guard, you know, and she's a better defender than people maybe think because she's a little like Caitlin and that she understands strengths and weaknesses and she's going to take away, your left shoulder turn, she's going to space you. If she needs to space you, she's going to deny you. If she needs to deny you, like she just, um, a a big part of defense is not just athleticism or length, but it's, it's, are you in the right spot? And do you win the leverage battle? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's something that she's capable of doing. So um, I just love her because she has the ability to be um, someone that you can play to um, because she really can score in a variety of ways, but you can also play through uh, because she understands what we're doing and why we're doing it and and really picks up on concepts and, um, is, and is an encourager, you know, which is a big thing to me. Um, you know, she's not a player that spends a lot of time being down when she misses a shot or, um, you know, which is, um, the way it should be for everyone, but just not the nature of young people, you know? And, and so I think there's a consistency to how she plays the game, um, that I can count on. And so just as you want to point guard that, embodies like and understands. And is an extension of your head coach, um, when you have players that understand the game, she, she's not Alyssa Thomas. Nobody is,
0: nobody. you know,
1: but has the ability to lead from maybe not a point guard position. And I think that's something she can do on the court.
0: Yeah, no, it's fascinating. And her evolution as a player to be able to see a play out now is something I know so many of us are very excited about. Well, Nikki Collin, it is always great talking basketball or anything with you, Really interested to see how Baylor continues moving forward here in year three to our listeners. Thank you so much for making us a part of our every day that over 100,000 of you show up every single month since May. And more than ever in September Uh, is just a huge credit to my mind for everything that the staff over at The Next is building together. So until tomorrow, we'll be back with you as we always are six days a week. I'm Howard McDowell, wishing all of you a wonderful day.
1: Welcome to the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball,
0: your daily podcast on women's basketball.